all of these apps we're realizing have a tremendous amount of ability to track our movements and our behaviors. And, you know, one of the things Amanda said to me when we were building this is we have to make sure that people are safer. Welcome to Normalizing Non-Monogamy, the podcast where we interview incredible people from across the entire spectrum of non-monogamy to hear their fascinating stories. We always strive to bring guests on the show who have a healthy and positive approach to non-monogamy. However, everyone approaches this a little different, and at its core, our show is about hearing and learning from the different experiences and approaches people have. With that in mind, it's important to remember that the views and opinions expressed by our guests do not necessarily reflect those of our own. It's also important to remember that we aren't doctors or therapists and that we produce this show for entertainment purposes only. Please consult a medical professional for anything regarding your health that you might learn about on this show. One final thing that we need to let you know about is that this podcast will hopefully include some explicit language. So, if that kind of thing offends you, we suggest you just keep listening until it no longer does. However, if you're under the age of 18, you should probably stop listening or gather up your parents and listen as a family. Enjoy! Welcome to episode 53! We're Finn and Emma, and it's a special release day. Yeah, happy Monday, if there is such a thing. <laughs> well, this makes your Monday a little happy. Yeah, I think so. So, what do we got? What do we got? What do we got? Today, we have a special interview with Amanda and David, and they created, or are creating, an app called Hashtag Open. Yeah, this is uh, it's, this is not a pay. They didn't pay us to come on the show. There's no money exchanging hands here. It's just a... A resource they reached out to us. They again, they put a lot of work into this, and they wanted to start getting the word out. And part of having a platform like we do is being able to support those things. And so we're going to do that. Yeah, we talked to them and all about it, and just decided that it was definitely a resource that we wanted to promote and support on our show. So they share a little bit about the app. They share a little bit about their story, and you'll probably notice it's a little bit shorter of an episode, but. It's still packed with goodness. Oh, yeah, for sure. So, along those same lines, we just wanted to do, since it is a shorter episode, we wanted to take a minute really quick and talk about, uh, I guess, sort of the the theory and the strategy that we've got behind, you know, resources. I know in the last couple of weeks, we've introduced a few different ones. Some of them are paid. Some of them are not paid. And I guess we just wanted to take a minute to say the the goal behind these resources and, and all resources that we bring on the show are to provide an actual resource to people. It's not mm-hmm. who's going to pay us the most money. If that was the case, uh, we would have <laughs> definitely different resources. Yeah. So the, the strategy here is who can we help? How can we help them? And how can we help the entire community as a whole? That's why we bring on different podcasters uh, very frequently. That's why we throw a couple of resources at the beginning of the show. And that's why every once in a while we do an episode like this one, or we've got a couple more coming down the pipes in the future. So again, the idea is try to help the community as best we can by providing resources that we use and love. And if at the same time, we can make a couple of dollars to help offset the show costs. Yeah. Then, then we think that's fair too. So exactly. So be on the lookout for. I guess we're going to continue our what we've been doing moving forward. Mentioning a couple of resources at the beginning and at the end of the show, and it's just a way to get more things out there that we think are helpful for the community. And if it happens to support the show, that's just great. Yeah, and so. 
Coming down the pipes, we've got another app that's that's being released. It's, I would say, not even really a competitor to this. They're sort of working hand-in-hand, so that's pretty neat. And we've got some stuff going on with uh, some sex-positive, a sex-positive therapist. So Yeah, all exciting things. Some some things that we think and we wish we had when we started, so we're glad to get them out there. And we just wanted to also say thank you to everybody for supporting the show, for listening, and for using the resources and the links and anything that, that you find valuable. Yeah. And if there is something out there that you know of that we haven't mentioned, please shoot us an email or Let us know. a voicemail or whatever. Let us know so we can include it and try to help more people. Yeah. If you want to check out the show notes, of course, or any of the resources, you can go and find them on our webpage, normalizingnonmonogamy.com. Now, without further ado, no secret shiftiness, let's, <laughs> let's head over to the interview with David and Amanda. Yeah, let's go. David and Amanda, thank you for coming on and talking with us today. The the founders of the new app. Co-founders. Co-founders of oh. the new app. Hashtag Hash- open. Hashtag so. open. Yeah, we're really excited to talk to you today. Thank you for having us. Oh, we're pretty excited to be here. Absolutely. And a little nervous, but those nerves will, <laughs> will, will get through them. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, we'll, we'll definitely give you a chance to talk about the app and how it works and everything here in a minute. But maybe so people know who you are, how, how did you wind up? you know, open, so to speak, and, and a little bit about both of you. Well, so for me, I am 39 years old from originally Northeast Tennessee and uh, see five years ago, moved back to the Boston area to get my master's degree. And uh, during that time started just kind of exploring, you know, myself and dating and found this lovely man and, and, Life has been changed ever since. Um, <laughs> well, um, you're too kind, but uh, <laughs> we 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 had the fortune actually of meeting through an app, and um, it was it was really love at first sight. We had already connected, we had already communicated a fair amount about our interests, and it was a few years back, 2015. I think it was what March. And I had uh, I had just ended a 25 year successful monogamous relationship and was sort of curious about that. And I was very fortunate that you were curious at the same time. Yes. And so had either of you explored non monogamy up to that point, or it sounded on David on your side that it was a, a fairly monogamous relationship, but has it ever come up or been discussed? Well, so it, you know, you know, you look back and you think about all the things that you never discussed and, you know, it wasn't ever discussed. You know, I I see that as a really successful chapter of my life. A lot of great things have come out of it and it informs what I do now. So, you know, I think that, I mean, I think that's some of why we approached our relationship differently, Um, but no, it really wasn't discussed. Um, Mm -hmm. And, you know, people are, that's a long time to be together. It is. And I just want to mention that I think that it's amazing that you look at that as a positive thing, even though the relationship ended. And of course, I don't know the details of why it ended, but you had a successful monogamous marriage and you 
it didn't end because both of you passed away. You know, it was... Well, you don't consider it a failure just because Right. Of that's my point, that's is point. that I think it's amazing when people look at relationships, whether they end or not, as successful, um, because a relationship can be successful in a lot of different ways. Yeah. Exactly. And, it, you know, and I mean, these two people convinced each other to go to sleep beside each other at night and, and still wake up beside each other in the day and do it all over again for 25 years. So that's a success just in its own way. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. So, and on your side, Amanda, had, had you explored non-monogamy before meeting David or was this sort of all new to you as well? Um, I would say it was all kind of new to me as well. I I had never just kind of the nature of my background, never really had any long-term relationships. So I had always kind of stayed in that dating world. <laughs> and, and so, but, you know, wanted to date ethically, which mm-hmm. is, you know, a big part of also kind of, you know, non-monogamy and, and, and and being able to just kind of state what it is that you're looking for. You know, some people are dating so that they can get married and have 2.5 kids and a white, you know, picket fence. And that, that's great. But, you know, some people are dating because, you know, they're looking for somebody just for right now, or they're looking for somebody to fill a different chapter in their life because of where they are in their life. But unless you have the ability to, um, to state that and have the ability to be with somebody who is going to listen to what that preference is, then you can't really date authentically. Right. And I think that's fascinating. And I'm, I'm curious then when, when you two both kind of came together, you said it was love at first sight, but then I'm assuming at some point fairly early on, the conversation had to come up that like, I, I love you, but I'm, I'm maybe curious about what else is out there. How, how did it look in the, the early days of those discussions of trying to broach the subject of non-monogamy? And was it like more of a swinging look at the beginning or a poly, or did you just let it flow freely? Here's how we like to refer to it, and this may or may not make sense to people, but we call it clown tipping. So where I grew up, they had uh, a fair amount of cows, and, you know, I don't know. Well, I guess we drank a lot of beer, a lot of beer beer, 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 and we'd go out and we would tip the cows. Well, if if you're into doing that with clowns and tipping over clowns, and you think you're the only one that's into tipping over clowns, you feel kind of lonely. But when you meet somebody, and this is the power of the internet, that is also into tipping clowns, all of a sudden you just have this like connection. And so we had, you know, we, we were both exploring the same thing through this app. And that was our, that became a connection that would really actually built a lot for us. I mean, I would kind of describe it as for David and I, when we came together, it was very sex positive exploration. So it was, it was, it was everything. I mean, we just, we took kind of everything in, you know, if we got invited to a kink party, we went, if we got invited to, you know, a BDSM dungeon, we, we went, we, you know, we've been to, to sex clubs across the United States, but it was just always this openness to, finding what you're kind of, well, you know, what, what you're into, right? Uh, and doing it in this safe environment where you felt uh, like you could be yourself and, and find out who you are and then, you know, state that for other people. Mm-hmm. And, and so there was never really a point where your relationship wasn't open in some manner, it sounds like. Yeah. 
No, and we and and for us too, we were we stated as open together. So everything we do, we do together. Mm-hmm. Okay. So so you know that that allows us the possibility to to be open to anything really. Um, but we make those decisions always together. Yeah. Have, had you tried it like separately and just found that doing it together worked better or is it just something that you kind of came just like, you know what, I, I don't see any reason to stray from the togetherness at this point. Yeah. I think from the very beginning we had, I mean, look, it's all, I, I, I imagine for anybody that listens to the podcast, everybody sort of understands the different dynamics of excitement and teasing and denial. And we've, We've just always included each other in that, and and anyone else that is included in that exchange, if you will, knows that we're both in it. Like it's just you know, that's just that's just our thing, I guess. Mm-hmm. And and you know, we've there are all sorts of variations on these themes. Yeah. And I'm sure they'll change, right? I mean, you know, we're only four years into our relationship, so that could evolve to all kinds of different things. But as of right now, I still like him. So I still want to do <laughs> everything that I, I do with him there with me. So, yeah. And so has there been any major changes in the last four years or have you just been bouncing around exploring it together and, and seeing where it goes? Well, I think, I think, yeah, to build on that too, you, you said you, you foresee changes in the future. And I think it's important too, for people to understand that the way it looks on day one, isn't necessarily the look, the way it looks at, at the end of year four. So ha, have you seen any shifts and maybe what drove some of those shifts? Well, first of all, we're, we're, we're people watchers um, in every sense of the word. Yeah. So we do feel like we've seen shifts and maybe it's just us seeing things that we didn't see before, but people are more and more open-minded and um, you know, we're seeing, I mean, you know, we'll talk about the apps on later, but we're seeing such incredible diversity of um, orientations, of gender representations, of relationship styles. But we, we definitely have a little bit of a formula that's been working for us. And has that, seeing that shift, has that allowed either of you to explore those things personally? Or have you seen shifts in your, your own personal growth? Oh, I mean, uh, yes, 1,000%. I don't think you can um, decide to kind of go down this path and not grow uh, while you're going down it. You know, I think a lot of the, I guess, differences have have really been in David and I and, and just what we've learned about ourselves and what we've learned about each other and working together for the same common, you know, goal or kink or whatever it is for that you know, certain moment. Yeah, the, we listened to one of your podcasts where you're talking about the elevator speech, which I think is an amazing idea. You know, for David and I working through, you know, realizing that he's the more communicative, communicative one of mm-hmm. the two of us. So, you know, just kind of refining what what those points that you want to make in those speech and and finding the best person to communicate them for for us, which is him, you know, we've learned that over, over the years. Well, and and every situation varies, right? I I would say that the other thing, you know, that, that we've learned is, and I think we both came to this with a pretty open mind, but, um, is to just like the whole back, if something's not quite for you, 
take it in a little bit. And, you know, I think we, I think we learned this as we were interacting a lot with the LGBT community. Um, there's just, there's a lot of diversity in the world. And as you get to know people, it's really fascinating. Like they, they, you know, they have the same drivers and they become really sexy. Mm-hmm. Right. Talking about that can be, can be sexy as well. Right. And, uh, you know, for me, I come from a very Southern, uh, you know, hospitable background, right? It's all about making other people kind of be comfortable and giving them the experience that they, that they're looking for. So for me, you know, learning to speak up has really been uh, a big difference and something that, you know, David has helped over, over these years, because, you know, when you, when you really have the, uh, trust in yourself and the trust in the people that you're with to, to really speak your truth, no matter what it is, that shouldn't be a scary thing for other people. Yeah. <laughs> right. Sure. And, and if we can all learn to do it, and again, I, I don't say this lightly, that that's a hard thing to do. Communication is hard. You know, if we can all get to the place to where we know ourselves and we can really say what we're into and what we're not into in a comfortable way, then, then everybody gets the chance to, to do that. And then people can actually come together more, um, more, more real, more authentically, more authentically. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that can be really intimidating to do, especially. Yeah. No kidding. <laughs> yeah. I, I, it's not easy for us. And we've, we've been trying to do it for almost a decade now. So it's, it's, yeah, it's always a learning and growing piece. So one, one would assume, and, and we know a little bit about the app, but maybe it's a good point to transition to you two are trying to create a space that is more inclusive and is more diverse and giving people that agency. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess talk a little bit about. Well, I would actually start before that and and explain what what is hashtag open, and then we can go from there. Well, um, you know, based on our own journey and based on having used a whole bunch of apps and having uh, met on an app, and, and we feel that that's so incredibly powerful. Um, we wanted to build you know, an inclusive community where, um, where, where it was sex positive, a place that people can talk to each other, express their preferences, um, state their boundaries clearly and, you know, and explore. And they might do that um, as individuals. They might do that in partnership with others. They might do it in the real world or the virtual world or some combination, but we felt like we wanted to get rid of, a lot of the crud and BS that we were running to in our own journey. And we wanted to, you know, really build a platform to where our users could come in and, and speak their, their preferences and their boundaries as easily and clearly as possible. Um, you know, there's a, a section in there where you put your, your hard limits and, yeah, for some of us, those things, those are hard to talk about, but this is a place where you can just put right there the things that you're not into. They're, they're never going to happen for you, right? Um, and so I think that's really uh, special. And, it, and so overall, it is a sort of like a location-based app to connect with people. And and you, you've done a lot, too, it looks like, to to make it more inclusive, right? Whether it's gender, sexuality, uh, any combination of those as well. One of the um, 
challenges that Amanda put forward when we were sort of whiteboarding this community that we wanted to build and and let people self-identify in is, you know, do we need to have gender? And what we realized is that um, what we needed was for people to be able to really just pick any label. And if the label that they wanted to pick wasn't there, then create it. Or for that matter, pick none at all. And so, you know, we've got a gathering of people now. They're in 72 countries, but mostly in the U.S., um, uh, concentrated in the larger cities. Um, got just under 10,000 profiles of people that identify in 26 different genders uh, and 20-some-odd uh, orientations. I haven't counted the number of relationship styles or, I mean, just the, the, the sheer number of hashtags that folks have used to express their preferences. And all of that's searchable. So um, what we're trying to do is, is build a, a community where people can find each other. Yeah, and it's in a safer community, right? One where right. they're not afraid to be who they are and they're not going to be shamed off of the app because of it. Exactly right. And, you know, part of what we built into the to the app universe, if you will, is a self-policing environment. And by giving our, our users the ability when they unmatch with somebody to give some feedback on on why exactly they, they unmatched with that person, because all of our users, when they come into the um, into the into the app, have to abide by the rules of the game, and we state those clearly. And so, um, if people are not doing that, the other members of the community have the ability to somewhat boat them off the island. Yeah, I think that's awesome. And I think too, that's not to say that just because somebody unmatches with you that you're you're out. It could just be a uh, a mismatch, but if you're a, if you're being a shitty person, yeah. then controlling get people, the hell out, yeah. my opinion. <laughs> so yeah, I love that. Mm-hmm. This is you know as you pointed out, a, a tool to help make it a safer place, right? We we think that is ultimately um, how we can differentiate by using the community itself to um, determine what's acceptable, to follow a, a pretty simple um, you know code of conduct. Um, if you will, rules of the game, and then let people do what people do. Yeah, I think that's amazing. No, I do too. I think I'm really excited to uh, check start, it out. Yeah, start using the app. Yeah, so I think maybe if if we wanted to, and and we haven't had the chance yet to set up a profile, but. If we were going to, what what would that process look like for us? And would we have to be a couple or would we be individuals or how does that look? So one of the things that uh, we wanted to do is, is, is also incorporate a range of relationship styles. And so in the app, um, during the setup process, you decide whether you want to set up a solo profile, a partnered profile, or a solo and partnered profile. And, you know, as they sound, they pretty much work. Solo profile is an individual that is um, going to check out the community, uh, talk about themselves, and um, is really, you know, I guess a free agent. I mean, there are a lot of terms for it, but they're really just focusing on interacting as an individual. Um, We have a partnered profile for folks who might be more used to models where people share profiles. And so um, one or the other partner can set this up. But where our partner profile um, is really differentiated is that you can invite 
a partner to it. And once that partner logs in from their own device, that becomes a, a confirmed partner profile. So, um, go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah. So it's not just some some dude sitting in his basement, like switching back and forth on his phone. He he would actually have to go out and buy two phones if he wanted to catfish you. Right. And, you know, because sometimes if you are talking to a couple, one, you don't know if they're truly a couple, and two, you don't know who you're speaking to of that couple. So through our confirmed you know, partnership, when you're actually chatting with somebody, it's going to come up Amanda of David and Amanda or David of David and Amanda. Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah, no, that's amazing because it allows you to ha- to have a partner profile, but also have some... Some personal agency. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And it also allows both, you know, partners to kind of stay uh, stay up to, you know, date in real time. Yeah. Right. they can do it on their own phone. Right. Exactly. Right. And, yeah, super cool. Yeah. And, you know, this leads, I guess, makes someone think that you are collecting, I guess, a lot of data, too, on all of the people that you're having that are in the app. And I wanted to give you the chance to talk about. Well, and, and, and to be fair, that's, that's nothing different than any other, you know, oh, fa- no. Facebook or Everyone any other dating that. app. But we, we know, we, we know that you have talked to us in private about some of the way that you're handling that and with a little more ethical responsibility. And, and we wanted to give you the chance to, to talk about that. So, so people can hear the good that you're actually doing. Well, thank you. Um, because we do think that we are attempting to do something very unique with the data that we are going to be collecting. And like you said, all apps do that. A couple of differences, you know, one, we're never going to sell your data for uh, advertisement. And and two, we want that data to go into a trust. So the data that we're collecting can only be used for interaction within the community, but then also for peer-reviewed anonymized research because, you know, we believe that numbers build a case towards subjective judgment. So that's the only way that, you know, we can normalize some of these things and break down some of these um, out-of-date paradigms. You know, it's a great question, right? All of these apps we're realizing have a tremendous amount of ability to track our movements and our behaviors. And, you know, one of the things Amanda said to me when we were building this is we have to make sure that people are safer. We have to make sure that um, what folks are doing in our app uh, between consenting adults is kept between them. And, and, um, and so what we've done is really taken the time, and, and this is an ongoing process, but taken the time to ensure that our data um, is properly managed. And we're placing that data in trust so that it can't be sold. So it can't be used for lead generation. Uh, it can't be used to monetize in any way other than community interaction. Right? We're we're building a set of tools and, a, and a, I guess in fact a database of people that want to interact with each other. And um, our business model is to be compensated for building those tools and to be compensated by the people who are using the tools. So um, so our data is um, is really your data. It's the user's data. And, uh, and that's why we're putting it in trust. Yeah, I think that's fantastic. No, it well. is. It's, it's interesting to hear yeah, how, how you how handle to, it. And, and it leads into the maybe the, the final kind of piece of this is if, if we wanted to go and create a profile or the listeners wanted to go and create a profile, I mean, is it, is it a pay per month? Is it a pay? Like, how, what is the structure? What's their barrier of entry for somebody to jump into it? 
right now it's critical for us to have people check it out. We, we see everybody that comes into the app right now as, as a community founder. And um, Amanda and I and the rest of the team, and we, we interact with as many people as possible as we can in the app. Um, if you look for hashtag open in um, the uh, Apple App Store or in the Google Play Store, uh, you'll find it. Um, you can also find it at our website, which is spelled out um, hashtag open.com. And hopefully you'll find it at um, some, you know, swinging events and some kink parties and some some other ethically non-monogamous events because we're trying to get the word out there and we'd love your help. And it, and it, at the moment, it is a free. It's a free service, correct? Yes, it is. Okay, and you also you had told us too that you're you're doing some neat things with the the pay structure. You know, moving forward and ways to again help foster community and and give back. Is do you mind talking a little bit about that? And then we'll we'll move back into your story and and sure. pry into your life some more. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know. Uh, Amanda and I have so a couple things. The two of us own hashtag open and we've put everything we have into it and, and have in fact you know, borrowed to build this business. And, and we feel that the way that we want to try and earn a return on that and sustain it is by having the community support the app. So right now our focus is entirely on growing the community at some point over the course of this year, We'll ask people to um, give at a modest level. We're talking about a few bucks a month, and we suspect that a significant percentage of the user base will be willing to do that. It's important to us that the features are available to everyone, and um, and so we're going to test different models to make that work. Awesome. No. And, and and right now too, if if people sign up, you told us that it's a, a one dollar donation to Planned Parenthood. Is that that's correct? Yes, right now for you know every new user that comes into the app, we are donating a dollar to Planned Parenthood, up to sixty nine thousand dollars. So, well, yeah. and that's you know you know that's important to you know just remind everybody, um, which you guys do a great job of, of the importance of you know safe sex and communication. So we're we're excited about doing that. Yeah, no, and we're excited to hear that. And I think if if nothing else, I mean, I think people should go check out the app and help out a good cause at the same time. And, and the more people that go and do this, the better and better the app is going to get. The, right. just, just like anything, it's, it's a, the more people there are, the, the better the community and the stronger the community. So we'll be on there, and we hope, we hope to see some of our listeners on there. And, and we, we, you know, we, we don't have anything to give away here, no, no promotional because it's, it's free and you're already donating. So... This is a, just a purely, like, go check this awesome a, shit out. Yeah, a plug. Yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's a community building thing, and we really, you know, we appreciate your, your interest in what we're doing. One of the things that occurred to us when we were talking to you the other day with your travel, there, there's a, a free travel feature within the app. So if you know that you're going to be in San Francisco or you know that you're going to be in Chicago or, for that matter, you know you're going to be in Buenos Aires, mm-hmm. you can plug that in and see who's there. Um, and slowly but surely, as we do that around the world, we're seeing pockets of growth. That's awesome. Yeah. So Get bigger and bigger and bigger. Well, <laughs> More I, people. I, I think we both want to say thanks for sharing all of that on the on the app side. But then maybe we dive back in and hear a little more about 
your journey and and where where you two you know think think it's going and and maybe mm-hmm. some other prying questions <laughs> maybe emma <laughs> yeah. emma's got one that she wants to to dig into your life well i know we talked a lot about communication already but I know that that's something that is talked a lot about in the non-monogamous community and is something that's not always easy. And have there been struggles in the last four years of relationship that, that I guess you've learned from that you have learned to be better communicators about? I've learned a couple of things um, that, I think are okay to share. Why don't I share them? And then you decide you can, you can say yay or nay. Okay. If you Uh, hear a thump, that's a pencil on his head. (laughs) Um, I definitely, you know, as, as this relationship approach was very new for me, it was new for both of us. And I found that once I was able to vocalize a fear or a discomfort, um, uh, and really talk through it, that it, uh, would go away, assuming that we engaged and talked through it. And if we didn't, it wouldn't go away. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was something that that I definitely learned. That's a great example. Yeah, and and uh, maybe if you don't mind sharing, like what what were some of the fears? Because I think that's that's another common thing that people have when they come in to this lifestyle for the first time, like there's tons of scary shit that's happening all the time and you're not, we're not conditioned for a lot of it. We don't learn, we don't go to to school and learn about how to be non-monogamous. And so it's, it is scary and it sometimes helps to hear other people <laughs> tell what, what scared them. Well, so ironically, going back to your, your original question, I think for me personally, the, the communication aspect was the scariest and, and the reason why I wanted to push myself to be in an open relationship, right? Because that communication is just so important. And the first step of that is communicating with yourself, right? Like you have to, you have to be, as Dan Savage says, good giving and game, right? You have to come into this being being your best self and then being able to communicate that with somebody else. And I, I think I've found that for a lot of people, communicating what you don't like and what doesn't work for you is a lot easier than, than finding out the things that you, you do like. So, you know, starting with that kind of uh, easy ground of just talking about the things that you, that you don't like helps. Nice. I don't think, did yeah. I answer your question? Yes, did you I did. Answer? That's good. Yeah, no, it's good. You know, it, 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 it evolves, right? It constantly evolves. And I, I actually of Savage. I mean, my entire sort of sexual education came about in reading his column and then listening to the podcast. And what what I found in Amanda was somebody that was so interested in learning about so many different things. And, you know, we would, you know, I think of this time that we went, we were in New York and we went to like a, a friend of ours took us to a king party, right? We're, we're walking to the bar, and as we got to the bar, you had to step up. And why did you have to step up? There was a very, very nice man who was um, rolled up in an, in an oriental rug, and there was a sign there that said, you know, if you're willing, please please step on George while you order your drink. For whatever reason, that really made George's night. That was George's kink. He liked to be 
rolled up and stepped on. But for David's side, like, you know, leaving there later, it was just so much fun to, like, go talk about everything that we saw. You know, it was like, hey, did you step on George? He's like, yeah, did you? And I'm like, well, yeah, it didn't, you know, it didn't harm me. And George sure liked it. So I stepped right up there and ordered my drink. But we got to we got to see so many things, you know, for some people that communication is hard having that visual and then being able to talk about it later was a lot easier and we got to like you said just talk about different kink and bdsm and and what really turns people on and and why yeah no i think that's fascinating and again it's one of those things that you wouldn't even like if you were to tell me that that was somebody's kink i would never have thought that that right i wouldn't think of it yeah that's awesome yeah hashtag step on yeah. <laughs> but you know, as long as as long as everybody is consenting and and discusses the boundaries, then um... oh, as long as long as people are enthusiastically consenting with other other adults, go do whatever it is that you you want to do. You know, your bedroom's your bedroom, and 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 that's you know, do your thing. We just want to provide a tool to where. People can can find somebody else that really wants to do that thing that they want to do. Respect each other and be open to other experiences, and you know, and that and that's that's really, um, I guess, that's the kind of community that we want to foster in the app. Uh, we're trying to build um, tools for people to do that, and um, and we kind of think that that can help make the world a better place. Mm-hmm. Um, like you know, as you were saying, like sex is seen so negatively in at least in our society um, yeah it's kind of baffling yeah for sure and yeah I mean I think that's a, a really well said um, well yeah there's I mean just to think about your moving about in your day-to-day life like it's acceptable to talk about pretty much anything with friends and family except for sex and it's like I understand maybe not your parents but for like your friends and such why why is that such a taboo subject i just it doesn't our society doesn't make sense that doesn't make sense to me well i mean amanda you read more than anybody i know there seem to be a lot of theories that seem to have a lot to do with property and control Mm -hmm. well right i mean for for the first time we're really seeing women kind of rise up and come to the the head of the economy. You know, for the generation of my grandmother, the the only way that she could get out of, you know, a bad situation in West Virginia was to marry somebody that was, you know, twice her age. But, you know, now women can go to college. We can have our own careers. So that is kind of changing the dynamic of of relationships. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And, And for the better. I mean, right. Yeah. Well, Everything's evolving for hopefully in the right direction. Yeah. Well, so, I mean, I think we covered some, some awesome and fascinating ground today. You know, you, you two have shared some amazing insights. You're creating a, an amazing resource. One that again, we, we are going to check out as of the recording time, the, the Android version isn't isn't out yet, but by the time this is released, it will be out. So we haven't had the chance yet to check it out, but we, we we've gotten a little walkthrough, a little video walkthrough on the on the Apple version, and it, it looks awesome. And we're we're very excited for it, and we wanted to get you on 
quickly to to get this resource out because I, th- I think we both feel strongly that the inclusivity and the, the openness that you are bringing to the, this approach is just, it's yeah. awesome. And we really enjoy promoting people that are out there doing good and, and, and pushing just a positive mindset and an open mindset. And so thank you for doing everything you're doing. Yeah. And, and thank you for coming on and sharing, you know, a little bit about who you are and, and your background and, and maybe in the future, we'll, we'll have you back on for a part two and we can hear a little more, some more, some more juicy gossip. Not that you're big <laughs> gossipers, but <laughs> can't kiss and tell. At least not without permission, right? Right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So thank yeah. you. Yeah. Was there just before we say goodbye? Was there anything that we may have missed that you two wanted to share? We just actually we really appreciate what you're doing. Um, you know the the podcast is really nice because it gives different people's perspectives. Uh, that's that's really that's really how we all grow. And um, and discover new stuff. So thanks for doing what you're doing. Oh, absolutely. Yes, thank you. And yeah, and and unless there's anything else, which it sounds like there's not, we we'll will say goodbye. We will say goodbye, and we will keep in touch. And we look forward to seeing you on the app in a couple of weeks. Awesome. Thank you so much. All right. Thank, thank you. you. Oh. Welcome back. That was a good one. Yeah. It's like, a, like we scored a goal in soccer. <laughs> anyway. Anyway, what? Well, hope you guys all enjoyed that amazing interview with Amanda and David. And go yeah. check out Hashtag Open, please. Yeah. We hope to see you on there. We will be on there. And we'll be, we'll be swiping left and right in all sorts of directions. So I don't, I don't think we will. I... <laughs> I only swipe right. Okay. You're just keeping talking yourself into a spiral here. Anyway, next week, we, or not next week. Wednesday. Wednesday in two days from now, if you're listening to this on Monday, we've got a normally scheduled interview, episode 54, with... Heather and Mike. They are a couple who reached out to us via our email, which you can also do. And, yeah, they've, yeah it's a cool interview. They, yeah, it's awesome. They've been like fast lane swinger so (laughs) it's pretty cool so come back on wednesday we'll see you then and have a good tuesday yeah until then you can find us on twitter instagram or casty under the screen name nnm podcast that's nnm podcast they know by now well not everyone anyway that's it